this church. We still check on each other, text and call and, and keep in touch. Mr. Gill was stricken with uh, some serious sickness for a while, right when they were getting ready to leave our area uh, back in 12, I believe it was. And God's had his hand on Sister Gill. She's battled, uh, had a lung removed, uh, most of one of her lungs, I believe, or complete lungs are complete uh, on one side. And, but she's still here. She's still praising God. And just a sweet people. They, uh, I could go on and on <laughs> about them. Uh, such friends to, to me. And when they were leaving us back in 12, and I got emotional in that last service, but uh, me being younger than Brother Gill, a lot younger, I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no. Uh, but man, he come in here and just supported me and dad, and man, just just so much respect. Uh, you know, I believe to uh, get respect, you got to show respect. And I know respect is earned. You can't demand it; it has to be earned. But with all that being said, as a younger pastor, he was just so uh, submissive to me. And of course, dad's a bishop, the elder, and just great, great to work with. Just man, just great people. And it was just very, very uh, sad when they moved away uh, up to Arkansas and still don't like it. And I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, well, I better be careful what I do there. But I, I sure would love to get them back in there if God could see fit. But God opened the door there uh, job-wise and, and for them and their son and family. But we sure missed the Gill. Great people. Sister Gill, would you like to say anything? You can remain seated. Would you like to say anything? And brother, I know it embarrasses you too bad. Clap your hands for Sister Gill, precious lady. Amen. Amen. You stand with me. Let's give honor to Brother Gill as he gets ready to come to take this pulpit on you preach what God's given him. We're going to preach with him, aren't we? The young people's class remain in here today. The young youth class remain in the sanctuary for, the, for this service today. But all the other classes can go to their respective places this time. Clap your hands. Make Brother Gill welcome. If you're going to preach with him. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord, everybody. My wife and I, the first time we ever walked through those doors over there, there was a couple of things we noticed about this church that is that stood out to us and still does. And number one, it was uh, the presence of God, and uh, and along with that was the great leadership of this church. Praise God. Ever since we have been here, we've recognized that and still recognize it today. So if you don't know it yet, I'll tell you, you got great leadership here. Praise God. And you've got the presence of God. And also we noticed the worship when first came. And uh, all of you know Sister Nyla and they're doing a great work, praise the Lord. <clears throat> but it seems to me like that no matter where the uh, platform worship group, whoever's leading them, it doesn't seem to, to matter. Where is Taylor? Taylor, are you doing this? Praise God. What an awesome job. What an awesome job, praise God. I, I, it just felt like from the first time we walked in here. Praise God. And that that's awesome. Praise the Lord. And so 
Those things are, are something that you don't find everywhere you go. And that's the truth. I've been around the sun 61 times. I know what I'm talking about. Praise God. So you, you're blessed. You're truly blessed here with what God is doing in this place. If you'll get behind uh, Brother Davis and what he's, his vision here and what he's doing, you will see God do some great and mighty things. Praise God. Praise God. I want today, for just a few minutes, and uh, it's so good, so good to see everyone. It, I know there's a lot of new faces, praise the Lord, but it's so good to see every one of you. And my wife said it so well. And we think about y'all all just constantly. There's probably just a very little time ever goes by that something don't happen and we'll say, oh, yeah, that happened at Grand Bay or this and that, praise God. And we, we remember you all and we pray for you all. We pray for revival here at this place, praise God. I want to preach for a few minutes. And uh, if you'll just read one verse of Scripture with me while you're standing and uh, let you be seated. Matter of fact, you probably don't even have to turn to it. Very familiar. And it's found in Acts chapter 2. And you may say, well, you're going a totally different direction, Brother Gill, and, and, and you might feel that way here in just a moment. But to me, it was such a powerful Scripture. It's what we're all about. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And somebody said one time, why, why do you all make such a big deal out of Acts 2.38? Because the Bible does. Why, why do you make such a big deal about Jesus' name? Because the Bible does. Why do you make such a big deal about receiving the Holy Ghost? The Bible does, praise God. Amen. So just quote it along with me, praise God. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I want to preach just for a few minutes today on this simple thought. You're not living till you start walking. I want you to just follow along with me today. Praise God. You're not really living till you start walking. Would you say in Jesus' name today and ask God to help me? Lift your hands one more time. Thank you today, Lord God. I ask for your anointing and blessing, God, in Jesus' name. Help this church today. Help all of us, God. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. Shake hands with somebody. And as I always say, tell them that they look better than you do before you sit down. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to say today that God has a divine plan for your life and for my life. God has some things He wants you and I to do. But we cannot fulfill what God wants us to do if we're not in the position or don't let God put us in that position to be able to do those things. Let me explain, praise God. We all go through things in life. I, I, I can't even begin to explain over the last two or three or four years the things my wife has been through. I, I can say we've been through it, but it's really her that she has faced so much in the last few years, praise God. But you know what? She has not let that keep her down. She, You know, every, everybody has those moments where that you, 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 you want to get by yourself and just cry. You know what I'm saying? 
but she has been a soldier through this. She's battled through this, praise God. And I marvel at that, praise the Lord. I'm thankful today, church, for the day that God brought me and my wife. We talked about this on the way here. I'm thankful for the day that God brought me and her out of darkness into His marvelous light. If you got the Holy Ghost today, you've been baptized in Jesus' name after you repented of your sins. You've been brought out of darkness into a marvelous light. We need to be thankful for that today. Did you know there's people that have been in the truth? I thought they were for years and years and years. They're turning and walking away from the truth right now. Somehow, in some way, they never got a love for truth. I thank God today for truth. I thank God for a love for the truth. I'm thankful today for His Word. I'm thankful for church, praise God. I'm thankful for Calvary. I'm thankful for a pastor, praise God. Thank God for those things today. We must be thankful, praise God. So today, I want to let you know, if you're going through some things, you've got you to keep walking. You can't sit down, praise God. You can't stop. You've got to keep moving, praise God. I heard once someone said, and I, I mentioned this to Brother Davis last night, uh, about a guy that had broke down, and you might have heard this before, but he broke down, his car broke down out in the middle of nowhere, and his, uh, well, actually had a flat tire, and when he took the tire off, he just started rolling it because he didn't know what else to do. He was rolling it down the highway, but he had gone some distance, and he saw a guy on the porch, and he asked him, he said, how, how far is it? to the next service station. And the guy said, well, as the crow flies, it's about six miles. He said, well, what about if the crow's walking? I've I, I got a feeling there's people in this place today that probably up around my age, you know, we, we've done some walking in our days, praise God. My, my dad used to tell us that they walked to school. And, of course, when you're eight, nine years old, you don't want to hear that stuff. But they did. They did. We, we, we've all, uh, us elders especially, we've done some walking in our day. But that's sometimes the only way you had to get around. Praise God. I uh, run across where actually my wife had this tape, uh, and I don't remember the lady that was, that was doing the walking or whatever it was, but it was called Walk Your Belly Flat. Anybody ever heard of that? Now, I know when you look at me today, you're thinking I miss... I misread it and thought it said, walk your belly fat. But I did try that. I'm telling you, I did it for about three or four months last summer. And I'm going to tell you, it made a difference. I didn't lose a whole lot of weight, maybe about 10 or 12 pounds. But I'm going to tell you something. It made a difference in the way I felt. And you know something that she said while uh, during this presentation? Something she said jumped out at me. And, and, and I, I think you can bring it over into the spiritual side. She said... You need to keep moving. Keep your life moving, praise God. Keep doing something. Keep busy, praise God. Church, you can't just sit down. You start sitting down, you start feeling kind of blah. But if you get up and start moving around a little bit, even if it's just a little bit of walking, you'll notice the difference. And the same thing spiritually. Get up and do something, praise God. If you're going through trouble, don't just sit down in your problems, in your dilemma. Get up and move around a little bit, praise God, and see what God will do. Can somebody say amen? You ever notice before anybody here ever spent any time in the hospital? You ever notice at the hospital, they don't want you just to stand up. 
They want you to walk. They usually slip on one of them little gowns that fits a Japanese horse jockey. You can't button it in the back. And then they want you to walk down the hallway. Forget that noise. But it's not enough just to sit on the edge of the bed. It's not enough just to stand up. Some nurse is going to say, uh-uh, Buster, you got to walk. you got to do some walking. Praise God. I want to tell you today, church, it's not enough just to come to church. It's not enough, praise God, just to pay your tithes. It's not enough just to sing and clap your hands. you got to be doing something for God. you got to walk, praise God. you got to get busy for God. I want to submit to this church today that the road to recovery starts one step at a time. No matter where you're at today, and no matter what you've been through, take that first step, praise God, and then follow it with another one, and another one, praise God, and watch what God will do. Can somebody say amen today? The psalmist said, yea, though I walk through the valley of death, praise God. He wasn't planning on stopping, can you say amen? He had some walking to do. If you're going through it today, keep going, praise God. Don't give up, keep walking. Praise God. In Daniel chapter number 3, I don't know if they can get that for me. Daniel chapter 3, verse number 19. I want to read just a little something to you here. Praise God. Now, you all know the story of how these boys would not bow down and how they were thrown into the furnace. But in Daniel chapter number 3, I want to begin reading at verse number 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height and was three score, the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king went together together the nations. He went together together and the, let me back up. Together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, counselors, the sheriffs, so on and so on. But then the princes, the governors, and all of them. It goes on down. Let me look at verse number four. Then in herald cried aloud. To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet and so on and so forth, they were supposed to fall down and worship. Now let me skip down to verse number 19. These boys refused to do this. The Bible says in verse 19, Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. Anybody felt like the devil ever turned up to heat? And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen. Now, that's not hose like you and I know today. These guys were straight. And their hats and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In other words, when they opened the door and threw them in, these guys were consumed their own self. Probably a good thing they only had to make one trip, because the next bunch wasn't going to do it. These three men, Shadrach, Meshach, now watch this, and Abednego fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Anybody here ever felt like you were bound? Some trouble, some problem got you bound. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire. They have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. They didn't take it laying down, praise God. They were walking, praise God. They got up out of their dilemma, out of their situation, out of their problem, praise God. And they walked around. They didn't just stand there when God loosed them. They started moving around, praise God. God wants to lose somebody in this place today, praise God. If you're willing to say, God, I'll get up and I'll start walking, God. I need deliverance. I need deliverance today, praise God. Tap your hands one more time into the Lord. Praise God, praise God. All of you are very familiar with a passage in Acts chapter number 3, where that Peter and John were on their way to the temple, passed by a guy that was lame, sitting there by the gate. He saw Peter and John about to go up into the temple, and he asked an alms. The pastor here said one time they asked for alms and got legs. Anyway, Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. Can I say today this? My wife and I, are getting ready, with the help of the Lord, uh, to buy us a house there in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Can I say today, I, I believe with all of my heart that, that God's people, I, I, I want God's people to have the best. You know, it's scriptural. God said it's His good pleasure. It's His good pleasure to give to us, praise God. Don't be jealous if somebody's got something. We had a guy one time who was pastoring up in Tennessee. And my wife had wanted, been wanting a Mercedes a long time. We couldn't afford a new one, so we went and bought a used one. He comes around a couple of services later and, hmm, see y'all driving a Mercedes. Wished I could drive one of them. My wife said, well, go get a job. You can have a lot more than you think you can if you work for it, praise God. Things don't come, things don't just come free anymore, praise God. You've got to work for them. Can somebody say amen? But I want to tell you today, cars, riches, houses, popularity, nothing, praise God. Nothing is important, praise God, as having a walk with God. Can somebody say amen? And I'm going to tell you something. It's nice to have those things, and I appreciate everything God has done for me and my wife and for you too, praise God. But I'm going to tell you something. Those things don't make you happy, praise God. If you're looking for happiness in a car or a job or a relationship, those things are not what makes you happy, my friend. God is one that makes the difference in your life, in my life. Seek God with all of your heart, praise God, and see what God will do. Somebody say amen today. Praise God. This guy was looking for them to hand him something. He was looking looking for something. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. 
And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Now watch this. Watch this. If you've been down and out, you don't think the people around you notice it? They notice it. But I want to tell you something they also notice. They notice when you step out of that situation. Because the Bible says right here, it says in the next verse of Scripture, all the people saw him walking and praising God. I love it. I love it when I see a brother or sister come out of that that dilemma that they've been in. I love it whenever a brother or sister prays God. Maybe been going through a battle and you watch as God brings them through it. Praise God. You notice it. Can you say amen today? I notice it. And you notice it too. Praise God. Because we pray for our brothers and sisters today. Amen. Amen. I want, if, if you and I want out of our dilemma, we must keep walking. I want to tell somebody today, I fully understand. We live in a time we live in a world, we live in a society. People will hurt you. And it's sad whenever it's family and church family that does the hurting. We have to be careful, church. I, I'm, I'm learning as I go. But we have got to be careful what we say and what we do. Somebody can get offended and you never meant nothing by it. Somebody can lose out with God. But I do understand today when people hurt you, when people do things, when people say things, people can say cruel things. So I want you to understand right now, I am not in any way belittling what you have been through. I'm not belittling the battle that maybe you've had with pain and depression. I understand that. And you say, Brother Gil, you don't know what I'm going through. Maybe I don't, but I've been through some things too, church. I've been through hurt. Families, our family has hurt us, praise God. I've been through situations where people have done and said things, and I might have done it myself to somebody, not meaning to, praise God. So I understand today when people say, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurting inside. I've been, I've been wounded and I'm hurting. But I've come to tell somebody today, God wants you to get up and start walking. God wants you to come through whatever it is you're going through. God does not want you to stay there. Let me tell you some things that can stop you dead in your tracks. And remember I said God has a plan for your life and my life. How many of you today want to do the will of God? You really, really want to do God's will, praise God. There's some things that can stop you. Of course, you know sin can stop you dead in your tracks. Fear can stop you dead in your tracks. Unforgiveness can stop you dead. And I don't have time, but but you need to think about that. Unforgiveness can stop the flow of God's mercy through our lives. But another thing, self-pity. Self-pity can stop you from fulfilling the will of God in your life. In Psalms chapter number 73, the psalmist, and only the Lord knows what he and others like Job went through. But in Psalm 73, the psalmist uh, put it this way. He said, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone, 
my steps had well nigh slipped. Why? For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Anybody ever here today ever seen people that you knew those people had problems? You knew those people, as, as my daddy would used to say, they're no count. I'm not saying that today. I'm just saying what he used to say. But, but scoundrels. I mean, just, just scoundrels. You ever know? And yet, they go down the road of life. Driving that big, fine vehicle. Got money in the bank. I'm not jealous of them. I'm not. I got some, some nephews that, as far as I know, they're millionaires. Don't do me a lick of good. I see them at Christmas. Might get a pizza or something other. I'm not jealous of them. I find that they, you know, they got money. That's fine with me. But there are people that get jealous of those things, get envious of those things. And Asaph here said, "My feet almost slipped. I almost lost out with God when I saw this." But watch this. Watch this. In verse number sixteen. He says, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. He said, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I therein. You know what happened when he got to the sanctuary of God? He, he, God shined a light. And he began to see what the end of those people were going to be if they didn't change. And then he could have some compassion. But before he'd done anything else, he had to get up and get to the sanctuary. He had to get in motion. He had to start walking and head to the sanctuary. Let me tell somebody, if you're going through it today, guess where you're at? You're in the sanctuary, praise God. You're in the best place you could be to make things right with God. You're in the best place that you could be today. This is where it begins right here, praise God. This is where it starts. Somebody stand to your feet, if you would, just for a moment today. Let God you know, let God know I'm glad to be in the house of God today, praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for the house of God. Brother Booker preached a message. He said, church is where you go to get your head on straight. How many of you believe that today? This is where you come to get your thinking straight, to get your heart right, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. One more time, clap your hands to the Lord. You may be seated, praise God. If the devil has sold you a pack of lies until you've allowed your situation to become so large that you can't see the greatness of God. That happens to people. You let your situation become so big, you can't see the greatness of God. If God is this wall right here, okay? If you got a book close by, anybody got a book close by? Piece of paper or something. I'm standing way away from that wall. Watch this. That's a big wall. And this don't compare to that wall. But I can't see that wall because this is in my way. Something small is in, is in the way. I'm preaching to somebody today that you've just let something small stand in your way. 
from seeing the greatness of God and what God's able to do. Do you think God wants you to stay there? No, He does not. God wants you to walk out of that situation. He wants you to whatever it you've been through, whatever hurt that you have felt, whatever somebody has done to you, praise God, you're letting that stand between you and God. And God wants you to get out of that today. Today, praise God. Today, you say, Brother Gil, you don't understand. Maybe I don't know what you've been through, but I know what God can do. I know the greatness of my God, praise God. Somebody say amen today. I want to show you, praise God, where it all begins. When God has had enough of self-pity, and He says it's time for a change, watch what the first thing that He does. Job chapter number 38. Give me just a second to turn there. Job chapter 38. Now, all of you today know what Job went through. And there's not a person in this place today. We cannot, we cannot imagine what Job faced. You can't. That man went through the most horrific, horrible situation than I could possibly imagine. But this is what happened. Job got to a place in his talks with God that self-pity began to set in. He kind of wanted to know. He never charged God, but he just wanted to know, why am I going through this? And you or me, neither one, cannot explain why. I don't know why Job went through that, but he did. But watch what happens whenever God says, okay, that, that, that's enough. The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee and answer thou me. You know what God was simply telling Job? Get up. That's exactly what God was saying to him. When he said, gird up your loins, get up, praise God. Start doing something. Get out of your situation. Get out of your dilemma. You've got to start moving, praise God. If you're sitting today in a situation that you've been, been hurt over or whatever, you've got to stand up and start walking, praise God. I'm going to tell you, you're not really living till you start walking, praise God. You may be standing there. You may be alive, but you're not really living, praise God. I don't know about you, but I want to enjoy the fullness of God's blessings in my life, praise God. I want God to bless me and my family. And the only way I know how is to do what He wants me to do, do His will. I cannot enjoy God's blessings or do God's will if I'm sitting in self-pity. I've come to tell somebody that the greatness God wants for you is only a step away. Stand with me today if you would. I'm almost finished. I want to read something to you. This is a man I'd never even heard of, but I, I read his quote, and it made so much sense to me. Steve Maraboli said this, Today is a new day. I, I want you to read, along, think along this with me, because whatever it is, that you've been going through. I want you to, to listen to this. Don't let your history interfere with your destiny. Let today be the day you stop being a victim of your circumstance and start taking actions towards the life that you want. You have the power and the time to shape your life. Break free from the poisonous victim mentality and embrace the truth of your greatness. You are you were not meant for a mundane or mediocre life. I'm talking now spiritually. You were not meant for a mundane or mediocre life. 
not a person in this place, praise God. God did not fill you and I with the Holy Ghost. He did not baptize us in His name for us to live a mediocre life. He did it. He wants us to have life and have it what? More abundantly. More life, praise God. More life, praise God. That's what God wants you and I to have today. My wife and I, as I've told you already, and I close with this, what what we went through and she went through the last two and a half, in March of 2012, and most of you know this, and I appreciate your prayers so much. We did not know what was happening in our life. January of 2012, we had been putting in bid after bid after bid to try to find work while we were living here. We could not, and this is the first time that it had ever happened to us in years, we could not get a bid. I didn't know why, but God knew. March the 12th, my wife got up and went to a clinic. I got a phone call just shortly thereafter and said, you need to, she told me, she said, you need to come to the emergency room to meet me. I met her at the emergency room to make a long story short and told her she's got lung cancer. And I know to this day that 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 nurse, the, the doctor, the first doctor she saw, whatever, did not think. She thought, we can't operate. We can't do anything. A few days later, weeks later, God allowed my wife's lung to collapse. They, they weren't going to be able to operate because those, those masses were against her bronchial tubes, I believe, and they were not going to be able to operate. But God let her lung collapse. And when it did, they said, get her to the hospital immediately. And uh, just a day or so later, she had her lung removed. The day that she had her lung removed, now, understand, you, 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 you won't understand, but God had put some things in, in motion in our lives. We couldn't find any work. My son's brother-in-law told him, said, hey, there's an Allstate agency for sale in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Allstate? You know, what are we going to do with Allstate? But God put some things in motion. And it was lined up for us to take over that office July the 1st. Those, this, this had all, uh, some of these things had already been put in motion by God that we didn't even know about. But in order for us to be there on July the 1st, I had to go to school. I had to go to Nashville. I had to go to Chicago. I had to go to Maumelle, Arkansas, and take training. <clears throat> and the day my wife had her surgery, I had to get on an airplane. She and I prayed about it. She and I talked about it. We both decided this is something we've got to do. We've got to. A lot of people don't understand, don't understand, but until God ever puts you in that situation, you probably won't understand. One of the hardest things I ever had to do in my life was get on that airplane with her in that recovery room. It was a horrible, horrible nightmare. But we had to. And I'm going to tell you what we've done that day. We put everything we had in God's hands. We had to. We had to trust God. There's some things that had happened and happened in mine and my wife's life we didn't understand. Might not ever understand, but it's it's not important. A year ago this past June, my grandson, who's nine years old, and he told me and my wife said, I want to go to youth camp. So we took him to camp. Elder Davis, we have to keep walking. 
we have to. I can't sit down. And then second or third day of camp that week, I watched my grandson as he made his way to the front of that service. Walked up there, lifted his hands, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. I told, I told my wife, I said, no matter what somebody's done to us, no matter what, no matter what somebody's tried to hurt the war, no matter, I said, when I saw that, it washed it all away. It washed it all away. And I'm preaching to somebody today. You've been hurt. But I want to tell you, I want you to look around you. I want you to look around at those children. I want you to look around at your loved ones. And can I encourage you today, keep walking. Keep walking. Because someday it's going to be worth it all to not lay down and not stop and not quit, praise God. Because you've got something to live for today. You've got something to live for. You've got a loved one, praise God, to live for today. Can I ask somebody in this place today that you've been hurt inside and the wound has seemed so deep that somebody has done to you? Can I ask you today to please just make your way up here? Don't, don't be ashamed. We've all been hurt. We've all been through it. I wonder if there's just somebody today that somebody's done something, said something that you don't understand, but you're hurting you're hurting. Would you please come? Would you please come today? There's a God that is waiting on you today, praise God, that wants to let, help you to walk out of that situation. Come on, church. Come on. Others just come, praise God. Come on, let's, let's help these today that, that the devil's tried to ruin their life. If you're not living, church, you're not living till you start walking. You've got you to gotta get up, praise God. You've got to get up today. Come on, let's pray today, church. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Oh, I worship you today, Lord. I worship you today. God knows your hurt today, church. God knows what you've been through. He knows the feelings, praise God. He knows the feelings of our infirmities. Would you come today and just take time to pray? Oh, precious.